Hello, horror fans. It's me, Cassandra, and Zane, and Kylie. Um, there's a little bit of a delay, Kylie. so if that sounds weird, I apologize. Um, Spectrum, if you're sick of hearing from me, you're gonna be sick of hearing from Kylie because this uh two minute delay thing is really killing the vibe. I'm telling you, but we're bringing back the vibe today. Um, because we are covering a favorite of mine. We are covering Slumber Party Massacre. Are you guys ready? Um, Zane, you're so scared that you turn into. Uh, you're so scared you turn into Grandma Gertie. We're not getting started on Grandma Gertie. <laughs> uh, we have to. Uh, we need a petition um, to help. Zane realize how popular Grandma Gertie is. We need to bring Grandma Gertie to TikTok. Um, but if you're listening to this episode um, and you have not watched Slumber Party Massacre, please go do yourself a favor and go and watch it. It is fantastic. And this film is truly one of the first of its kind in that it was written and directed by women throughout the whole entire franchise even to the new one that you could consider a remake slash requel um so if you have not watched it at this point please stop the episode go watch it and come back with us but if you have get your slumber uh your slumber get your sleeping bag ready uh stay away from pizza that may or may not have blood on it and Try to keep away from the driller killer as much as you possibly can. And while we're on the topic of that, let's cue the fucking music so we can get this episode started. Cue that shit. <laughs> All right, so we are back. We are focusing on the 1983 classic Slumber Party Massacre. Um, and this is one of my favorites, one of my comfort movies. I recently, I discovered this a couple years ago, and I would say I routinely watch this probably about uh, once or twice a month. Um, it's one of those movies that I could just put on in the background, cling to, do whatever I need to do, and um, I could pick up wherever. But I absolutely adore this movie. You guys, however, had not seen this before this episode. Um, so... I want to get your guys' thoughts before we go any further. So, Zane, and I'm going to put it to you. Um, what did you think about your first time watching Sleepaway Camp? Because you're you're kind of, you know, you've been doing this for about a year, but, you know, you're, you're inching your way up there on the horror meter. Yeah, so this was my first time watching Slumber Party Massacre. Mm-hmm. And um, I liked it. It was different. Um I thought that uh, definitely stay away from the man in the van down by the river. I mean, um, and the worst part about it is a man in a van. Just what? And it wasn't even his from. van. It was the woman's van. Like you couldn't eject somebody else's like, like a car or like, a truck. Right. There were umpteenth million men over across the street like the way from you you couldn't take one of those you had to go on the hard-working woman fuck that man fuck that man fuck that man. <laughs> so uh, but yeah no i think definitely really fun yeah what do you like... think about the um 
the use of a drill instead of a knife. That was different. Um, I thought that that was a creative way of, I guess, killing someone with a drill. And not just like a hand drill. It was a, like, goes through telephone poles. It was like a big, yeah. I mean, and it was an elongated drill. Yeah. I mean, we have to keep in mind, like, when we're talking about this, and we'll talk about this um after i we get kylie's thoughts too um this is supposed to be kind of like a satire on yeah you kind of get that feel that it's it's serious but it's not too serious yeah there's a lot of it was meant to be funnier than what it was but a lot of the unintentional funny kind of picks up so like the use of a drill I think it's kind of like an entendre for kind of a man wanting to overpower a woman. And so it's like... I was kind of getting the Alfred Hitchcock kind of feel because you didn't see most of the murders until there's the fight scene. Mm -hmm. And that's when you really saw... I mean, you saw the bodies, but you never saw... You see him him kill the men... But you never really right. see him kill the women. They get really killed more off screen, where the men get killed more gratuitously. Right. Um, and, and that was kind of a play. Kinda t- it kind of took me back to when Alfred Hitchcock left it up to like the imagination. And you see the aftermath, but not what caused the the killing or the murder. Yeah, definitely. And it um it only gets in- more interesting from here cuz the next one is uh completely different. Uh Summer Party Massacre 2. Um it is basically kind of like a musical and the drill actually becomes a guitar that has a drill with it. Um so um it's very okay. interesting. It's like what? a fever. What? It's a- <laughs> yeah, it's it's like a fever dream. It's it- it is a fantastic movie, no. but but it is like a fever dream, definitely. <sighs> yeah, we'll get into the second one okay. in a little bit. Okay. So, Kylie, what did you think? Um, I thought Silver Party Massacre was great. Um, you get the feel of I, I kind of got a Michael Myers Halloween kind of feel of um all the girls in the house and then there being kind of a killer that you kind of, you don't really see. I really like that. Um, I liked what you said, Zane, about how like when he killed the men, it was, it was just more horrific than kind of with the girls and you didn't really see um, much, but I thought it was a great movie, a little corny. Um, Actually, all the girls and like what they were wearing and stuff, but I really enjoyed that it was like a female kind of empowerment movie, though. Especially when like the neighbor girl came out with a big, huge machete and started chopping him up. Yeah, that's my favorite. Fist pumping the air, and I'm like, yes, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. (laughs) Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, my, my, she's got a machete. I'm like, I'm like, fuck him up. 
So if you haven't, right. like we said in the intro, if you haven't watched this movie, it is on Tubi. If you have watched it and you're wondering where it landed, both the first, second, and third are on Tubi. There was a remake slash redo um, that recently aired on Sci-Fi. It pops up continuously um, on sale on Vudu, and I think it's um, it's somewhere on streaming. So if we find it, we'll put it in the link below. But um, the the decisions you guys have kind of pointed out, those were ones that they originally did not make the um they were not intended to be part of the script they were decisions that were made and brought upon by roger corman's involvement and kind of filling in more male seats so the nudity the you know kind of lingerie type you know skimpy clothing stuff that was more to put you know butts in some seats um and it kind of lends into itself because it means to be, I don't think they mean it to be as unintentionally campy as they do, but because of those decisions, it kind of lends to that idea of their spoo- they're making fun of. Because again, this came out in 1983 and it was coming off the tail end of some pretty big slasher franchises. And a lot of those were the exact opposite. Men were getting killed off screen or getting killed, but it wasn't as bad as the women. It was almost like women were getting tortured in these scenes. And as much as we love the idea of the final girl, that idea kind of led way to the whole idea that in a lot of slasher movies, women were cannon fodder. So this movie, obviously, as we said in the intro, is a woman directed and woman written movie the whole entire franchise is it's the only franchise that you can really say has kept continuity through this so the actual um person that directed it was amy holden jones sorry i had to read um i don't have my spectacles on um and the script was by rita may brown and amy holden jones has kind of gotten knocked over the years um, because of the way that she chose to do this movie and um, has really kind of fought back about it. Um, but this movie is definitely become revered in re- more especially recent years, especially like you saw kind of a renewment during the pandemic, um, obviously with the new movie then coming off the heels of this Um where it's kind of reviewed for the way that it handled the roles because again they did a big role reversal where women kind of had more of the interesting character uh development in this movie and they were the ones that really you know they got killed but they got killed off screen the men were the ones that kind of were more or less kind of like the body bags of the movie they kind of came and went and women kind of really taking back their uh power so obviously like we said roger corman's involvement is the reason for the nudity he wanted to appeal to his audience um this has been an issue before with roger corman i mean and roger corman he's allowed to do whatever he wants he's obviously been successful and he knows what certain people are looking for in his type of movies 
Um, but I think in this instance, it might have ended up being the right call um, because the director, the writer, and him all wanted different things, but I feel like they get accomplished in this one movie. The writer wanted to obviously prevent a strong story that was the satire on the slasher genre. And mind you, this is way before Scream. And obviously Scream gets kind of the the acknowledgement of, you know, recharging the genre. And that's probably because during the time that Scream came out, the slasher genre had gone really stale. This movie was kind of in the height of when slashers were still slashing pretty gnarly. And we saw a lot of just different creative ways that people were pumping out movies in the 80s. Um, but I, you do, when you watch it, you do kind of get the similar feeling that you do in screen where it's kind of, it's, you know, it's serious, but it's also meant to be a meta take on the roles in a horror movie. Um, and I think that that just kind of lends itself in really well, um, with this movie. So, um, the original name of, of this before it became a movie was Sleepless Nights. And again, it was a play on the slasher genre. It was also used for that to get people to let them use their house, like rent their house to film this movie because they felt like if they put Slumber Party Massacre, nobody's going to want to rent their house to them to film with a movie called Slumber Party Massacre, which honestly, can you blame them? So yeah, they do kind of, I wouldn't say destroy property, but they definitely don't maintain it very well. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, it's kind of funny because there is a federal crime that gets portrayed in a movie, in the movie here. And that is in the beginning when we get into, I think it's the second kill um, with the girl that gets locked into the school. Um, the trivia that I found out about that is that it is actually a federal offense. Um, there cannot be a building locked up like that when there is a student still active in the building. So had they listened to, uh, the law, that girl might probably be alive and we would not have slumber party massacre. Who knows? So, but what is your, uh, favorite scene in this movie? Um, I know personally for me, my favorite scene is when the neighbor girl is just destroying the serial killer and just kind of taking out her probably frustrations and anger out on him. And Yeah, Kylie, what about you? Well, um, I'd have to say when the other neighbor girl is messing uh the drill killer up um especially like when but when he comes out of the pool i was not expecting that at all not expecting that at all they like, actually reshot that know. they reshot really that. that was a there was supposed to be a different ending that ended more subtly and roger corman 
and um, the director, uh, Amy Holden Jones, thought that it would be better if it ended in a splashier way. So Roger Corman paid to have it reshot and the uh, ending to end the way that it did. So um, my favorite scene is when they've gotten the pizza and it's the three of them by the fire and they're like, I'm hungry. And the one girl pulls the pizza box and the obviously the, the pizza guy died and there's like a well, blood stain on the box and she just starts eating the pizza. She's like, look. I'm hungry. I feel bad. I feel better when I have a yeah. full stomach. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, when we're all uh, gathered around together with knives, and the girl was like, "I'm hungry. I'm going to the kitchen." Like, what do you mean you're hungry? Like, I would not be hungry right now at all. I feel all. like that would be me in a serious situation. That's the last thing be I like... would be thinking about. I feel are, like are, that would be me in a serious situation. Be like, um, I think I'm hungry. <laughs> I want some I don't tacos. Know. I, I'm stressed. I need tacos. Like I need I'm sorry. I, I uh I'm sorry, serial killer. Can we can we have a 10 minute break? I'll get you can some tacos pizza. too. Time out. Time out. Time out. Now. All right, we're back. Uh this is listen, sometimes there are days. <laughs> when we film where everything falls together this is not one of those days the stars align perfect day perfect hair day you know just every other occurrence but as a as one of our the math ain't nothing the math ain't nothing the math ain't nothing you know we've already tried We've already tried hitting the Ouija board, tried talking to Satan, and he said... Or someone. Someone, <laughs> and he said, hell no, I'm not helping you guys with that issue. So, we're on our own. And if you heard me slip earlier and say Sleepaway Camp and the Slumber Party Massacre, it is because we are filming back-to-back, and Slumber Party Massacre is the first one, and Sleepaway Camp is the second episode. So, <laughs> if you are listening to this currently... Once this is done, check out the Sleepaway Camp episode because it it's going to be a mess too. Who knows? <laughs> um, it's going to be great, but um, but anyway, watch definitely it's worth a watch. Um, so the taglines yep. in this movie, first of all, the poster. I will put a link to our socials where I will post this poster. Um, in our little TV, like I normally do when we talk about the deep dives. Um, but this poster is intentionally meant for like the girls to be helpless on the ground and looking up at the guy with the drill. Um, it's supposed to be about the juxtaposition because it makes you think, oh, this guy's gonna like rip through a bunch of women. Yeah, no, he he kind of, but more or less, he rips the men apart. Um, the thing that gets me too is the pizza guy with the eyes. It's almost like reverse misogyny. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. I think this is one. Yeah, that those can... eyes, man. Those eyes scared me. Yeah, that was definitely. But you know, again, that was made to be a shock value because, you know, like we get, uh, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, we get Jason hitting the the camp counselors and a you know sleeping bag 
we get the in the new one where he takes the sleeping bag and he burns the girl upside down um i'm still traumatized from watching that growing up um but you know we get like the the freddy hands with heather Langenkamp in the the bathtub and they're coming after her so this is definitely a role reversal um the taglines <laughs> bring the you bring the pizza i'll bring the drill that was literally one of the taglines for this movie um same um you bring the pizza i bring the movies that should be our tagline um yeah yeah but uh but yeah um the ultimate driller killer thriller say that 15 times fast i was just gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate thriller killer thriller hmm yeah so catchy definitely catchy. um some fun taglines to this um the thing i love most about this is the character development a lot of times in this in the movies especially slasher films whether intentional or unintentional you know horror is a little bit more forgiving when it comes to women it is the one one of the few realms that i think does advocate uh for women empowerment i think we could do a little bit better i think it's like six percent of all horror movies are directed by women i think we could do better than that um but i like the character development in this because i think a lot of times especially again this is 83 this is not a film we're talking about now this is 83, um, they developed these backstories for this women. So like in the scene where the one girl is in the car with her, her paramour and he's like telling her, oh, we should just go off and I'm sure they won't mind. And she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do that to my friends. I'll go check and see if they're okay with that. But like, I should just stay here and hang out with them. Like she was more concerned about her friendships than this guy pressuring her to have sex. Um, and we see that a lot in this movie, like the, the one girl, you know, it's her and her sister for the night and she chooses to stick in, stick around and spend time with her sister and really trying to do things with her sister. Um, but you see a lot of that in this movie and a lot of these female friendships that they're like, yeah, I'm not leaving you here to die. Like, I'm going to come and get you. And I think in other movies, there are a lot of times where other women are like, nope, peace out. See you later. Um, which wouldn't. I mean, if one of you guys were getting fucked up by a mass killer, I'd be hopping on that shit like, why not rice? Like, I, I would literally, yeah. you know, I'd be like, not. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, who was it? Sally Fields and not without my daughter. It'd be like, not without my friend. I don't care. Not without my friend. Right. Not without so, my friend. Not without my friend. Not without my friend. So, um, if you want a deeper dive into this episode of uh, into Slumber Party Massacre, um, I will link some uh, YouTube videos down below. Um, there are a couple of really great ones, especially one done by the Dead Meat Podcast, and um. I think there are a couple other ones behind the scenes that I think are really cool. Um, some deep dives we do, we deep dive completely into the movie. We give you brass tacks. We go into it. Others, 
it's just a blanket kind of thing. This is one of those. I don't think we need to go into this because the focal point of the movie is the fact that this is a gender role reversal. And I think that is something specifically that we need to point out now because, again, this was done in 83. There still aren't very many movies like this now. There are some, but not, I think, on the level that the people who were behind this wanted there to be. Um, So now we're talking about movies nowadays so there was a reboot slash restart in 2021 done by the sci-fi channel and uh really quickly i want to point out uh we need to start putting respect on the sci-fi channel's name the sci-fi channel is the uh the gateway that a lot of us used especially in rural areas to get connected to horror movies and still are sci-fi move sci-fi channel has also been one of those that have brought back a lot of really important franchises like this the leprechaun franchise um and a lot of us grew up with the sci-fi channel with you know the miniseries and um different things i know i watched killer clowns from outer space on the sci-fi channel for the first time i probably would have never had access to that being somebody from, you know, middle of nowhere, Ohio, um, if it wasn't for the fact that that was put on replay. Um, So Sci-Fi Channel has also, throughout the years, really tried to build up their content. You know, they have Z Nation. I absolutely love Van Helsing. If you've never seen that series, it's freaking amazing. Um, There are just so many original series that they've come out with recently that they're just, they're killing it. And they're also trying to bring back the franchises we love and this is one of them and sci-fi sometimes can swing and miss but at least they're swinging this they did not swing and miss um if you have not seen the reboot i would highly recommend um it's kind of the same idea group of girls decide to go out to a cabin to have a fun weekend there's a killer that comes and follows them and The same process keeps going. However, there is a twist to it. And I will not ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. But I would say that it is very much a great spiritual successor to the first movie. And I would advocate watching all of them. Like I said, there is four in total. We have this original one. We have the second one. Third one. It's all right. But fourth one. We did a good job. Like I said in the beginning, the second one is completely different than this one. It is like a fever dream. The the next door neighbor, the younger one, it picks up with her. She's having visions. Almost, I'm going to be honest, almost kind of erotic visions, which is a little bit uncomfortable when you first like watch this, thinking about like the, everything behind it. Um but of this guy with a guitar that's a drill um, that is killing people. And um, he somehow pops out of her dreams and starts killing people in real life. So um, it's campy. The guy sings. There's music. It's like the rockabilly. Think Johnny Depp and Crybaby with a guitar, with a drill. Like It's like a whole different thing. Motorcycle. Like it's just crazy if you would tell anybody about this movie and it 
like they would think you're absolutely insane but it is a real movie it's a real movie it's on tubi watch it third one again it's it's all right but again it's it's written and directed by women so i don't care if it's literally that footage of them having a piece of steak on a plate i'll watch it to support the theory behind this and the fourth one i'll be honest i was not expecting much fourth one snatched my fucking wig came for my fucking throat like i thought oh this is this is kind of the same thing isn't it and they were like no 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 wait 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 till the middle of it and then they came for my fucking purse and i'm telling you what not you the just purse not <laughs> the purse no not, not the gum not drop the buttons no. no so but no. um you know again um i think all of these movies are worth a watch so please go and watch them we need to talk about the lasting legacy though because as three women um who are in the horror genre there aren't many um and this is a genre that is generally favorable to women we the idea of a final girl and stuff like that but we don't have a lot of women directors we don't have as many women writers there are a lot of perspectives that are shifted through the male gaze this is one that continually has been through the lens of women and i feel like this is a good example of even in because i mean again roger corman kind of put a bunch of nudity in it it kind of was whatever but still it lets this lasting legacy of role reversals and how the idea behind horror can be shifted and changed. And we see that with a lot of other movies now. Like now we have Ready or Not, You're Next. We have different kind of movies that are this idea of good for her. Like you want to put her through this shit? She's going to come back and fuck you up. That kind of good for her mentality. Um, which you know if you like if you like that again go watch your next go watch ready or not there's a whole bunch of films and we can definitely add some down in the description if you are interested in watching some films similar to the theory behind this movie um but as three women um what do you guys think about the legacy that this kind of leaves behind especially in a male dominated field such as slashers i think, I think there needs to be more of it sure. yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely what you said there needs to be more yeah i would like to see more women are capable women are more capable of fucking shit up than just being the damsel in distress there's more to a woman than just being fragile and timid it's they're more complex than what men give them credit for yeah well another thing that we can also be seen in that kind of creative light too that like we can come up with some some crazy sick shit too you know like I know damn well that there are some women out there that are more twisted than some of the men that I know. 
I was about to say, uh, we've had the luxury of talking yeah. to a whole bunch of women on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Ruth Ann Jang, Natasha St. Clair, mm-hmm. Nico Bell, um, Don Shea, I Angie. mean, Angie Martin, Ashley Causey, mm-hmm. um, all of these women who just are so calm, like, there's so many facets to them. But then they're able to craft these stories that are just, they can be, yeah. And they could be sick and twisted. They could be multifaceted. You know, um, you can be whatever you want. Like, look at Shanna, even Shanna Stoker, Mm -hmm. you know, her, she's related to Bram Stoker and she's built her own kind of brand on being authentic and being true to herself. And I think those are the kind of voices that, I mean, this is why we do what we do here at the Horrorcraft Podcast. This was started at the beginning with Brittany and I. Brittany, we love you. Um, But it started with Brittany and I, and it was built on the fact that Brittany used horror to bring me out of a bad place and how that continued to be a theme in my life, especially with dealing with my son's special needs um my own emotional and mental trauma and it's my go-to and I have built my life up since then with the help of having that comfort um so you know just like we're doing here you know we are we're on different levels you know all of us uh you know Kylie is a special needs mom she's taking care of her two children She has all these other different things that are going on, but she is an amazing multifaceted person. And you hear that through the podcast. Same as me, Zane, you are a trans woman. You are somebody who literally um, goes through so much society puts, which by the way, I'm just going to make a blanket statement because I feel like people need to hear this. And if you don't want to hear this and you feel like, okay, after this, I don't want to support the podcast that's fine. I don't care. Whether you're trans, you're cis, whatever kind of woman you are, all women are valid. All women have a place in this podcast. All people have a place in this podcast. So if you don't believe the ideology behind the LGBTQI plus community or having a safe space for voices, especially voices in horror, this is not the podcast for you. And I don't care how many people that alienates by saying that, but I stand firm in what I believe in. And I'm sorry, but that's just what I believe in. So I feel like horror is a safe place for anybody, regardless of what level they are in life. And especially women and the horrors that women can deal with differently than men. We see that in different films. Like look at the scare house. The scare house is absolutely fucking brilliant. And it's all the ideology behind women, female friendships, how that can go wrong. And Kylie can tell you because she just finished watching the scare house. Women can be sick and fucking twisted just as men. Like the, some of the scenes are in the scare house that these women perpetrate by themselves are fucked up like the scene with oh the yeah themselves yeah 
Oh yeah, Sarah Booth. She's she's a sick bitch, but a bad bitch. Sarah Booth fan club for life. All all hail Sarah. Yeah, we mean that with We all we mean that with love, Sarah. Not yes. not with weird all love. stuff. Yeah, but, all love. Um, but I not, mean, yeah, women's voices in horror are just as valid as men, and I think it's not our contemporaries that are saying that. Because generally, I feel like there are a lot of men, especially a lot of men that we've even like talked on this podcast to, that want those voices in horror. I think it's the outside world that looks at, okay, women shouldn't have this place. And that's fucked up. So I hope it continues where we're breaking through. We're pushing that number up to 12% and then 24% and then doubling it every freaking chance we get. Um, but I really do want to highlight the love that goes behind this. So if you love stuff like that, go back and review our past episodes if you haven't and listen to all the amazing women that we've had the opportunity to talk to on this podcast that are doing amazing, wonderful things and are just fucking killing it. And if you love us and the way we kill it on our podcast, subscribe because we're just going to keep on killing it regardless, period. So um, period. Bef before we exit out of this episode, uh, every week we have been highlighting a different small business. And this week, this small business is really um, close to our hearts because um we're highlighting our very own co-host zane howell his business which is catastic creations and if you've seen kylie and i Yay! fucking killing it with our accessory game it's because of zane so i got my little yes. let me take my my video off here of uh, zane's got one of his little wallets right there <clears throat> Kylie um, has some accessories as well um, that I gave her when we saw each other at Johnny and Friends. Um, but we have these custom coffins, which are super cute. Yes. Um, Zane has kept me on my accessory game the whole entire time. Um, these are my favorite. These just one of these just committed suicide um, the other day. Um, it decided, they're, nope, I can't hold it together anymore. Little planchettes um, <laughs> yeah. that you would see with a Ouija board. Um, yes. I have, um, I use epoxy resin, yes. um, but I use UV resin for the earrings because they cure in under five minutes under a UV lamp. Um, and I just, I really have fun with it. It's my safe space. It's my anxiety relief it's my everything so i have fun with it and i ex like to experiment with different things so yeah so yeah. if you are interested and in some really i even have i just did these yesterday that are new they're um, butterfly wings that he i keep wings. looking at them i keep looking at them they're gorgeous yeah so if you like the beautiful amazing accessories that you see all of us wear half the time it's going to be from zane um and if you are interested in getting your own um you can head over to cat creations we're going to put all the stuff in the link down below 
Mm -hmm. um, and check it out. We, we will also have different in-person events, including the Witch's Walk, um, where Zane will be selling his custom accessories, along with being able to see all of us for the Horrorcraft podcast. So uh, please make sure to check it out. Give it some love. Um, we love being able to highlight a different business each week as we have, um, because I think it's important, especially in the horror community, because um, we only really get one season. We get spooky season. And a lot of times our spooky season um, gets chopped into other seasons, back to school season, Christmas all kinds of stuff. Um, and, you know, things have gotten better now where we have more, you know, the decor and stuff's coming, kind of coming on brand, but we only have one season. And for a lot of us, um, Holly, Halloween is a uh, ideology. It's a year round holiday. Yeah. It's, it's a way of life. It's a way for of a life. lot of us. It's a way of life. It's a way of life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as you can see, obviously, yeah, it, it, behind me, I'm in my safe, spooky space um, where I have all my cool, crazy horror shit. Um, you can see me with my um, I love monsters shirt and all the crazy shit that I have on a day to day basis. That's horror wise. Um but we have to really support those local businesses because they're the ones that keep us going through after spooky season officially ends, which for us, it never ends. Um, so shout out to all the spooky businesses that keep us afloat throughout the rest of the year and give us that hit of serotonin. Um, but if you've liked us, you've liked our voices, you like what you're hearing here on the podcast, um, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, we just had our YouTube channel go up. We will make be making the jump by the end of this month where some of the episodes will be on there. And by the end of the year, we will be doing simultaneous releases where we will be releasing the video version of this and there. And we will also be doing some really cool shit over on YouTube as well, um, along with seeing the footage of us at the Witch's Walk. Um, so if you are in our local area, and you want to meet the Horrorcraft podcast, or you want to come and stop out and say hi, um, see some of Zane's spooky creations and the things that we have going on, we will be at the Witch's Walk uh, in October, and you can get the details for that in our social medias. Um, but definitely check it out. And Spooky Mom's Coven is coming the middle of this month. It's going to be here before we know it. And yep. we're super excited about adding yep. that under the umbrella. And um, we're super excited because we're about to hit two years going strong, man, which is kind of a crazy idea to think about for September. But before we hit that date, we are going to have a merch launch, which was long awaited. So um, at the end of this month, we will be giving you the details on how to do that. And how to, um, once the merch does launch, how you can go and get that and support the Horrorcraft podcast. Um, so yeah, check us out. We're always moving and shaking and growing. So, but 
please check out this movie. Like I said, all of them except for the sci-fi one is on Tubi. The sci-fi one has to be floating out on the interwebs out there. Um, but check this one out and um, give it some love as well. But until next time, it's me, Cassandra. And Zane. And we made it through this episode without fucking it up for the 40th time so we deserve an award so until next time stay spooky and we will see you in the next one bye